And welcome back to this trade deadline special, where this is now part two of four. And this time around, we'll be talking and bringing you all the trade uh, the trades that went down for the teams in the Western Division there. And starting things off, we'll be talking, well, starting off with the Anaheim Ducks. Um, you know, it's fairly quiet. There is definitely a lot yeah. of rumors are going around with speculation of Josh Manson, Ricard Raquel, both. And, uh, you know, Bob Murray wanting first rounders or two uh, high end prospects in return. And a lot of speculation even about Ryan Getzlaff being on his way out to Vegas. But, end of the day, trade deadline passed. A couple hours later, passed. And officially, no more trades. We saw all three of those guys stayed. And in the end, we saw the Anaheim Ducks only send out Ben Hutton to the Toronto Maple Leafs for a fifth rounder. And they acquired Hayden Fleury from the Carolina Hurricanes. In return, they sent away a 2022 six-rounder and Yanni Hakapan. Oh God, Yanni Hakapanya, Hakap, Hakampia, Hakampia, Hakampa, Hakampa. However the hell you pronounce that, Tibet. <laughs> well, so what are your thoughts on uh, the Anaheim Ducks? Couple moves there. I'll give them a B for Bob Murray. Um, uh, the only reason I give them a B is you know B is kind of going to be my default for teams that didn't do much, but. They're a rebuilding team. They they know where they're going. Uh, you know, they didn't make any upgrades. They didn't make any downgrades. Um, I would have maybe given them B plus or or definitely given them an A had they traded away Ricard Raquel um, or somebody else. I mean, Getzlaff is probably the one where they might shoot themselves in the foot at the end of the season and say, you know what, damn, maybe we could have gotten, maybe we shouldn't have gone for like a first round. I honestly think that they could have even gotten maybe a a second next year for him. Well, so Ryan like Getzlaff so. has a no movement clause, and yeah. it sounded like he was only willing to be traded to Vegas. Vegas, yeah. Because he wanted to be yeah. close to his family still, and obviously LA and San Jose aren't in playoff positions at the time of this recording. So Vegas, and it sounded like Vegas and Anaheim had a near-done deal to the point where they had the salary all completed, they had all the players correctly agreed upon, it just yeah. came down to the draft picks, which wound up, uh, unfortunately, uh, separating the deal. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's uh, when you look at guys like, you know, Ricard Raquelis, he still has another year left. Manson, he still has another year left on his contract. So I wonder, like you said, Anaheim Ducks here, they're in full rebuild. But perhaps it'll be next year if they're still, you know, still above the standings. Then that's where you see the likes of Raquel and Manson trade away his rentals for first rounders, you know. Especially in yeah. a much more anticipated, skillful draft come next year too. at that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I, I honestly say that I only I'll, well actually I'm gonna grade them just a D just because yeah nothing really happened. You know Hayden Flurry high draft pick you know in his draft year there yeah. uh, obviously with the upcoming expansion draft yeah. there's not a lot you could do with them but for a guy yeah. taking seventh overall in 2014 and he hasn't quite lived up to that hype just yet. Um, he's got a couple more years to get around to it, but otherwise yeah. you know you take what you can and. You know, Ducks won't complain. Yep. Well, we got to uh, we get to uh, talk about a team that uh, has less attendance than the Ottawa Senators somehow. I mean, you could say uh, I, I think I joked the other day that the um, the couple of uh, essential workers that showed up to that Montreal game that one time, the nurse and her boyfriend, is uh, in total more uh, fans than the Arizona Coyotes have had over the last five seasons. So, uh, yeah. Oh god, the Coyotes! How well, do you the, even well, the Coyotes made as many trades as the Sens have had fans this season. In fact, they've made as many trades this season as many 
as many. Oh God, the Arizona Coyotes have made as many trades this season as every Canadian team has had for people in attendance. Yikes! Big fat zeroed moves done. A uh, lot of speculation, a lot of rumors circulated with this team leading up. Considering to, uh, you know, ten days leading to the trade deadline, they were comfortable in a playoff spot. Since then, they've gone on to five consecutive regulation losses, found themselves outside of a playoff spot now. We knew this team was tight on money. You know, nothing... If there's going to be any trade, it was going to be yeah. dollar in, dollar out. And I think it's just kind of difficult with a lot of their rental. I mean, like, it was kind of surprising. You know, Derek Broussard wasn't traded out for just a million-dollar rental there. There's yeah. a lot of interest in Connor Garland, but sound like no, no teams are willing to meet the demands because, again, this Arizona team, right... They had the forfeit, their third rounder, and their first rounder in this coming draft. So they obviously want to try and replace those. And, you know, honestly, they don't have the players to give away as much value to obtain those draft picks. But yeah. I think maybe it's just a little bit too much uh, of a higher sell that they're trying to do. And, yeah, you know, nothing in, nothing out. I just give it basically a D minus, you know, just not doing anything. I'm, I'll, I'll give an F to them at the trade deadline and as an organization, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I, speaking, I, of, uh, speaking of teams that aren't an F and the polar opposite, let's talk about the Colorado Avalanche. They have an A, and I might I would have given them an A had Sackick actually made some fucking big moves for once. But Yeah, you know, it's, uh, they're certainly on Avalanche going downhill when they're on the right slopes going up. But yeah. the Colorado Avalanche made a few moves. You know, they're definitely in on some of the bigger names and the rumors and speculations going on there. But end of the day, uh, the Colorado Avalanche, we saw them uh, reacquire a couple former players where they acquired, or sorry, reacquired Patrick Nemeth from the Detroit Red Wings for a 2022 fourth rounder. They yeah. reacquired Carl Soderberg in, uh, yeah. and in return, and they gave up Josh Dickinson, uh, AHLer, and the rights to Ryder Rolston, who was a fifth-round draft pick and currently playing down in college hockey. And, and additionally, they also acquired Devin Dubnik, goaltender, formerly of the San Jose Sharks. And in return to San Jose, they sent them a fifth-rounder and defenseman Greg Paterin. What are your thoughts yeah. on the Avalanche? Well, I think kind of like I said, they brought back, like you said, that familiar face. Soderberg knows the players, and, and you know, he it's a familiar situation for him. So that, that might make him comfortable and settle in pretty quickly. Uh, Dubnik, just depth. I mean, I mean, Grubauer, hell of a player, but you don't know what you're going to get, right? Like, uh, still, not, not as proven as, as he could be. So I guess they just kind of brought in a vet to kind of have there. Well, not only that, but Grubauer is, uh, they also said Grubauer is looking to be out for at minimum two weeks due to COVID protocol. So, yeah. you know, obviously they, they did make a uh, trade a few weeks ago where they acquired Johansson from the Buffalo Sabres. And, you know, he, he's had good success against the weak teams of the division, but that's not going to get you playoff success. So certainly yeah, makes exactly. sense. And again, you know, this whole season, it's been really weird with like what is going on with Pavel Francouz where he just has been just considered like, day-to-day, day-to-day, all of a sudden LTIR, long-term injury reserve, and there's just no mention of his injury whatsoever and what's going on there. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, so. it's, it's really weird, but like I said, I would have given them at least like an A- minus or an A because they did bring in depth, and they didn't lose... They, they literally didn't lose anything. Sakic really is the king of keeping all his pieces and his dra- high draft picks, so I have to give him that. Like, well done to Joe. Uh, but yeah, I'll give him a B, just a B. 
for for my take on them personally, I'm honestly just gonna give them a C minus. Oh wow, you're you went real low. I was like they didn't really lose anything, but they gained depth, so that's why I went B. But wow, why a C minus? You know, it's it's good the players that you know you bring back familiarity, familiar familiarity. You know, with the likes of Soderberg and Patrick Nemeth there. Yeah. Two guys who are depth. You know, they're not game changers. Honestly, for Colorado, it, it is definitely hard to. Uh, like I look at their lineup and their roster here, and when you just see guys like like so like as of this recording, you know, Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, since March first to April sixteenth, they are one, two, three scoring in the league, which is phenomenal for obvious reasons right there. <laughs> yep. But it, it's secondary scoring. It's not too bad with Brandon Saad, Berkowski, Kadri, Donskoy, Nachushkin, and even maybe throw Soderberg in there in your second third line. But yeah. it, I, I've always felt that Colorado could really benefit from another, not elite, obviously, but a solid top six guy on that second line. I, I like, I just don't see like Saad and Burakovsky on the wings yeah, being know. that top end of a guy. I think they would be like more like those guys would be far better as second line wingers on like a non-contending team. Yeah. Um, I see where you come from because honestly, you're right. I, I think you're being too nice saying top six. I think they need to be super, even more aggressive. Like they need to have a top four. It needs to be a guy that's like highly skilled and that could jump up on the first line and easily mesh in, but also just go down to the second, understand his role and deliver and surprise other second lines against other teams. I see where you're coming from. I can see why you would kind of be hard on them about that, but yeah, it is what it is. I like, guess. like, I like I'd say honestly, like their second line is a good like two B line. Yeah, even like a even like a three A, but it's yeah. not like a solidified two A line. Kind of like you know, like if you're, like you know, you're gonna go up against Vegas likely in the playoffs. Like you know, for Vegas's like third line, I'd say is as good as Colorado's second line. It's just all about that extra sc- secondary scoring depth. And as for their defense, you know, it's uh, they they you know last summer they brought in Devontae's and you know Kale McCarr and Samuel Gerrard took monster steps this season their development and their all around playing ability it sucks unfortunately that eric johnson is unknown how long he will be out for if mm-hmm. he even returns this season so i I, yeah. I think it's difficult that they're unaware of how long eric johnson will be out for and obviously you know patrick nemeth is not a, a guy to replace anyone in the top four let alone oh. your your number one shutdown d-man but I would have loved to have seen them go out and just because Eric Johnson is injured and it's unknown how long he will be out for, that they weren't able to replace his defensive minutes that yeah. you know are dire need on any Stanley Cup. Like we saw last year against Dallas. Eric Johnson got injured early on in the series, if not game one or game two. And rest of that series, high scoring gains, una- like inability to shut down the uh, Dallas Stars top end guys because they didn't have anybody, you know? And that's why it's great. Devontae's great addition but it's kind of like johnson's out and taser recovers him well you still need another guy in there and that's the thing with uh joe sackick where he's been very lenient on giving up his top prospects and his top high-end draft picks yeah he's very he's not willing to go and and and, and like don't get me wrong like i i still believe colorado is doing a a fantastic job uh deploying this team they have and especially going forward um you know it's it's like you know you still have Nathan McKinnon on one of the sexiest contracts in the league at six point three million for the next two years, Crazy. but it's like you have a couple more years of a window 
before that comes off. Landeskog's do a new contract. You know, Kale McCarr's do a new contract come this summer. So it's it's not a window of winning opportunity. It's a window of excelling. And just say yeah. there's a difference of being able to excel to lead to a championship and not just gunning and running and hoping for an all-out victory to be cup champions. Yeah. Um, and I think personally they have like this year and next year to be able to do that before salary implications will play a big factor. Again, yeah. no doubt they'll be able to get in and around those, but with the team they have now, I would have hoped to have seen that maybe maybe Joe Sackick would have been a little more lenient to say, hey, you know what? We, talk, we were talking about Taylor Hall last summer. Why not go out and try and get another big-time name like that or maybe someone else on the fence? Because, hey, Eric Johnson happens to be out. He comes back. If you have another guy, fuck me. Five defensemen who could all be top three guys on any team in the league? Like, yeah. come on. You know, like, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, that that's just my thoughts on Colorado where – I, I kind of went in thinking that, like, hey, you know, Joe Sackick, it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't do anything, but I'm hoping that maybe he goes above my expectations here. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we'll move on. We'll uh, go back over on the coast there, and we'll bring up the Kings of Los Angeles, the City of Angels, where they made only one move, where, surprisingly, they were able to trade away Jeff Carter to the Pittsburgh Penguins for a 2022 third-rounder and a 2023 fourth-rounder. Both picks are conditional. Excuse me. The fourth rounder becomes a third if Carter plays in 50 games next season for Pittsburgh. And the third rounder, the condition on it is that it becomes uh, upgraded to a second rounder if the Penguins qualify for the Stanley Cup final this year and Carter plays in at least half of the playoff games. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give the... uh, You know what? That is... I'm going to give them a B-plus for that, just for that Carter contract. The reason being this, absolute, honestly, Rob Blake, love it. The reason I love it, um, you know, obviously, yes, you're losing that presence in the locker room. You're using a, you're losing a cup winner. Jeff Carter has one more year left on his contract. They would have had to think about whether they want to protect him or not with Seattle coming up. Keep that in mind. Like this, you get potential conditional picks back uh you know he may be nearing retirement so they essentially got they guess they got a third and a fourth but you know the better he does if they can get a second and a third, if those conditions come to fruition he's on a pittsburgh team fyi which has a lot of contracts to protect a lot of contracts to protect uh, i'm just looking at pittsburgh right here They're, they gotta protect hey, say that for the next episode Okay, fine. But they have to protect a lot of really good players that they have We're on We're talking contracts. about the Kings here. The I Kings know, ransom. Uh, okay, fine. But but what I'm saying is, is if he is, for example, selected from that team as a vet to put on a Seattle, for example, to go back to the West Coast, you're you basically like you, you got a, a bunch of great picks for for jeff carter like you can't really complain and it was a guy that was tailing off at the end of his contract i, I gotta give him the grade that i give him yeah you know like i said yeah they even moved out more salary in case maybe the offseason yeah. they want to bring in somebody opens up an extra spot maybe for a trade or maybe some other player they have that they wanted to save uh leading up you know uh, additionally they also did actually acquire brandon lemia for the new york from the new york rangers oh, you right. know another good bottom six forward addition there but certainly yeah for at least jeff carter there it's 
considering that Jeff Carter wasn't willing to be traded anywhere else, and he accepted a deal here, and it sounded like at For least sure. uh, even as of like early March, Carter was told, hey, Pittsburgh's interested in you, and he still had rejected any of those thoughts and ideas. So yeah. the fact that he eventually was, had his mind changed and was willing to accept a trade like that, you know, kudos to Carter there and for Los Angeles and Pittsburgh getting the deal done. But, yeah, you know, I'd agree. I'd say it's a good B-plus move uh, by the Los Angeles Kings. Nice. All right. Who is next? Ooh, Minnesota. Yeah, because speaking of wild things, well, huh. they weren't wild. <laughs> they had no trades, no acquisitions, no deductions of any sort. Um, you know, Minnesota's having a good season right now. They're, you know, they are where they are in the standings. They're likely going to finish in that third spot. And personally, it's, you know, I, I built, I've, I've always really liked Bill Guerin and his resume leading up to his hiring here. And he's really taken a lot of, uh, like, a solid work ethic to learning about the job and being on the force there. And yeah. I think overall for them, it's just, hey, you know, we're not ready. We're not willing to contend right now. We're just here to have some fun, take in the experience, and move along with that. Considering, again, yeah. last year, last year they traded away Zucker, and they got a first and a third round in this year's draft for him. So the fact yeah. that you were able to have those additional, like, five picks in the first three rounds from last year leading to this year, and you're still in a playoff spot, that's really good for them looking forward. Yeah, I, I honestly, we could probably move on and say no great, but I will say this is the rare time I will give an A to a GM for not making a move. Just based on everything that you said right there, he doesn't need to push any chips. It like he doesn't. His chips are all on the table. Why would he? Why would he bet the house? He his team's learning. He's doing a little retool. Don't need to keep all your stuff. Continue building that team with with more picks uh, coming up. Yeah. yeah, you know they're uh, they're on it. They're they're safe. They're fine where they are in the standings. Yeah. So yeah, you know let the group go and just treat it as more like evaluation. See you know what's uh, what's yep. the come going forward. Yeah, good move. No, so, move. no move was a good move. Well, speaking of teams that, you know, no, they made a couple moves. It wasn't exactly acquiring players. It was more uh, about acquiring salary. Uh, and that's what we saw with the San Jose Lone Sharks here, where yeah. they love their money-handling ways, it seems, from Evander Kane and what Doug Wilson was willing to do and keeping the house open for business. Um, as we formally mentioned, they traded Devin Dubnik to the Colorado Avalanche in return. They acquired Greg Patteron, you know, fringe death guy, more so AHLer, and a 2021 fifth rounder. They were involved in two separate three-way trades. So the fun part of this is me explaining it all. So we mentioned before on the previous episode, uh, the one for Nick Foligno. Toronto acquired Nason and Nick Foligno. Uh, Columbus acquired Toronto's first rounder and 2022 fourth rounder. Meanwhile, the San Jose Sharks were willing to retain 50% of Nick Felino's contract, which is $2.75 million of part of the deal. And additionally, they also acquired a fourth rounder from Toronto in the upcoming 2021 NHL draft. Nice. Yeah. Uh, they also acquired an mm-hmm. AHLer Magnus Krona in return for Freddie Clayson or with, uh, in a deal involving the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, the other three-way trade that they were involved in, we saw the uh, really is uh, Vegas Golden Knights acquiring Matthias Yanmark. Again, in a three-way deal, all about retaining salary. So, so basically, Vegas acquired a fifth rounder from Chicago, Matthias yep. Yanmark, uh, going to Vegas there. The Chicago Blackhawks, part of this trade, acquired a second rounder in 2021 from Vegas and a third rounder in 2022 from Vegas. 
Meanwhile, the San Jose Sharks retaining $1.125 million on Yanmark's contract and additionally acquired a 2022 fifth rounder. Spencer, I'm going to give you an A plus for reading all of that, for like getting all of that out clearly to everybody. Well, I got my I great give... second English teacher to thank for the English. For the... <laughs> uh, but I will, I'll, I'll give the Sharks a B. I mean, you know, Doug Wilson likes to just go out and find those big fish. But today he was kind of the little minnows in the in the water. He was kind of chipping away at a couple deals, acquiring some people. I'll give it a B. Well, you know, what, what, some... well, what are those little? What are those like suction fish on sharks that you see all the time? Oh, I don't know. It was the one that Ralph was one, I believe, one of them in the Magic School Bus there. Carlos, oh, I think too. Yeah. Oh my God, Magic School Bus. Where's Miss Frizzle at? Yo, let's go. That are you ready, a... kids? I oh, love that show. Field trip. No way. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> all right. On a, on a, let's take a field trip to the other team that starts with an S and a cross-country road trip into St. Louis. Yeah, so, well, I mean, St. Louis, right on the picket lines there of the Arizona Coyotes and Minnesota Wilds where, you know, they didn't get around to doing any trades or any movements. Uh, there was quite a bit of talk about them potentially unloading a few of their uh, upcoming fr- rental free agent players. But yeah. after a couple of, uh, you know, surprising victories uh, ultimately change your GM's mindset of not wanting to do anything and just keeping the team the way it is kind of like when they won the cup just a couple years ago where during that trade deadline all they did was acquire Michael Del Zotto for I think it was a fourth if not a fifth round draft pick and I think Del Zotto got in for four games and well that's it that's all no playoff games for him and whole time it was just an entire team running so I think he's definitely hoping for the same kind of magic going on now but I mean, no trades, you know, not much of a grade, but for where they are right now, they're able to... Again, I'd also like to point out, too, of how... Because this is very well when it comes to talking about the Dallas Stars as well, but how this team, how St. Louis Blues had a lot of injuries as well. So being able to find themselves back in a playoff spot and saying, hey, we're able to get into this spot as our better players are coming back from injury... You can go with that old saying of, oh, well, yeah, our old, our better players come back from injury. So that's kind of like an acquisition deal right there. Yeah, no move is a good move for them this time. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to give them a grade. I think we can just uh, mo- move on to the last team, and I think one of the favorites to win the Cup this year, potentially. Oh, absolutely there. Where, you know, we saw the Mick as their only trade this entire season so far, but, you know, when... It's really difficult to try and bet on the house when Vegas keeps on cheating their ways through the salary cap implications, it seems, on there. Sorry, not cheating, Christ. but they find their ways not to be called out when playing that roll of die and it's always landing on their lucky number. They're counting cards, you could say, very well. Absolutely. So as we just previously mentioned, the, the one trade they were part of was a three-way deal with the Chicago Blackhawks and the San Jose Sharks where... San Jose acquired a fifth rounder in 2022. The Chicago Blackhawks acquired a second rounder in 2021 from Vegas and a 2022 third rounder from Vegas. And uh, Vegas Golden Knights acquired a 2022 fifth rounder from Chicago and Matthias Yanmark at a total salary of only 562k. Yeah, I'll, I'll give that one a, a B. You know, he's he's a player that uh, obviously he's depth. He plays on the third line, but he's shown little flashes of brilliance at different times. So honestly, uh, yeah, uh, I'll leave it there and I'll give it a B for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. But I mean, they're 
I'll give them an A going into the playoffs because that team is ridiculous. But uh, but everything leading up to it now, uh, a B. Yeah, honestly, I, I'd give it a B as well. He's not. Yeah. I think it's also kind of in line with the Felino trade, where giving up a second and a third um, yeah. is quite a bit. But in order to get that salary cap down, so he, you know, you're still under the implication. Like we've had times this year, where Vegas is only playing with five defensemen because they don't have the salary cap availability for a six D man to play in a game. So it's definitely uh, uh, quite a bit, I'd say, for Yanmark, who's typically a you know second. Second liner on a non-contending team, you can say, but yeah. I think he's in a great role here, likely on a third line. Um, pro, you know, it's so definitely again, you know, it's and it's hard to even add so much more to this lineup. You know, when you have Petrolangelo, Theodore, Martinez, and McNabb all in your top four already, there's like so and, and good. The fact that they were talking about acquiring uh, Ryan Getzlaff as well, it's uh. just like you know, again, they're wanting to go. Oh, not only that. There's also uh, Elliot Friedman also came out if you had missed the news, but saying how the uh, Buffalo Sabers were in deep discussions with a team on the West Coast uh, or on the Western side of USA there uh, for Taylor Hall to be traded there. Except Hall, because of his no movement clause, rejected any possible trade, and it turned out that team was Vegas. So the fact that Twice. Vegas was talking to, about Getzlaff, talking about Taylor Hall. And it sounded like that they had, again, a near handshaking deal with Getzlaff. They had a good deal going on with Buffalo, but because Hall rejected it, they just stopped discussions there. So, yeah, you know, that's basically where I'd say leave it out with Vegas. It's, they got good depth in there with Yanmark. And again, because Yanmark as well, he went to the Cup Finals last year 